0: Well, good morning, neighbors. Today's scripture reading is from Luke 10, verses 30 to 37. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to the inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, "'Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I am here.'" "'Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits?' Jesus asked. The man replied, "'The one who showed him mercy.'" Then Jesus said, yes. Now go and do the same.
1: Amen, amen. Thank you, Miss Amy. Thank you so much for everyone who is here today. I know that as the last weekend of 2018, there are people who have traveled to be with family and friends and take advantage of this uh, a long weekend because some or most do not work uh, tomorrow. But I'm so grateful that you are here today as we finish out the last weekend of 2018. And what we're doing today is actually recapping of what we have done throughout the whole year of 2018 of being intentional, of being for our neighbors. And if you remember, this scripture reference uh, back in January, again, 2018 have come and it's almost going to be gone, but we began this theme of being for our neighbors with the same scripture reading regarding the Samaritan and how Jesus was able to share the story of what needed to do and who is our neighbor. Today's scripture reference uh, is based on a question that the expert of religious law had asked Jesus, so who is our neighbor? So the big idea today is that we are to live like the Samaritan. And I want to go quickly into verse uh, 30. But before I do that, I want to share with you, if you are here for the very first time, and those of you who like taking notes, inside your programs in the right-hand side, there are some fill-in-the-blanks. The The answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screens during my sermon today. So verse 30, Jesus is responding to that question of who is my neighbor, He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by the bandits, and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. And so I want to share with you the very first point is that we live in a world of broken people. Again, we live in a world of broken people. We sometimes have no idea uh, that what our neighbors are going through. We live in a world where broken people are abused. They they are uh, mentally abused, uh, physically abused, sexually abused, uh, spiritually abused. And so in a broken people, in a broken neighborhood, in broken communities, what are we to do knowing the same way that the injured man in this story, how are we to respond? We see a need, but how do we really respond in our lives? Now, truth be told, because we are a broken people, that includes us also. So just because we're coming to church doesn't mean that we're perfect, but that since we are broken, we are in need of a healer. We are in need of a repairer. We are in need of a savior, just to name a few. And how we're looking into that and who we're looking into that is very important in our lives in in order to start making that change in our lives. Feeling broken, we want to be mended. Feeling in in a sense of separation, we want to gather together and be connected And what are we doing in our lives? So we, too, are also can come into this church and still be broken. And it's okay because God wants us to be real. God wants us to have a relationship with him, a relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and coming together for strength and healing. And it's so important to do that. So we, along with our neighbors, similar to the Jewish man in this story, also need help. So let me continue on with verse 31. By chance, the priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. Then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. How many people, I'm going to stop there for a moment, how many people have walked by our neighbors who they thought, they would receive some relief, or they would receive some help. A priest and a temple assistant, Jesus is utilizing these two individuals, and as an interpretation for me, that represents the church, the priest, and the temple assistant. But they, when they saw the man, they walked on the other side and did not tend to the injuries that they saw it's interesting how Jesus picks them out as part of the story and the one's not helping the one in need. It reminds us of a church not to get too comfortable in our ways. Again, we come to church not because we're perfect, but we need God's healing. We need his blessings in our lives. We need to be reconnected. But just because we come to church doesn't mean that we set ourselves apart from anyone else or that we're better Than anyone else the church should be the hands and feet of Jesus in a hurting world even when we are hurting ourselves why because when we come to God when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we do our very best to walk in his ways we sometimes are also hurting just because you are a follower of Christ does not negate that you won't have any trials that you won't have any tribulations that you won't have any sufferings and pain. As we know, we go through griefs and, 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 and hardships. And that doesn't change just because you give your life to Christ. What happens is that you knowing what Christ is in you, you can have a different feel, a different outlook in life. Because you have Christ in you. And so how do we respond to the things that are in need? Even when we're hurting, how we're able to share that hope and trust with other people again living in a world of broken people we can be broken right here right now even of celebrating christmas or or the coming of the messiah or, or things what we have come to learn throughout this week but here we are and maybe some of you are feeling that weight because you feel broken my prayer to you is that you can continue to see god And also, as you connect with others who are at their high point right now, because we go through our ups and downs, ladies and gentlemen, so get connected to the individuals who's high right here that can lend you a hand, but also how we're able to put ourselves and start taking one step at a time to get relief. On verse 34 and 35, the Bible says, Then a despised Samaritan came along and he saw the man. He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The second point I want to share with you today is that we need to be like the Samaritan. When Jesus used a Samaritan in this story, Jesus shadowed the stereotypes of social boundaries as well as class division. Why? Because neighbors do not recognize social class. Whether you're poor or whether you're rich, as a neighbor, is how do we respond in a time of need. If you see a need, how do we respond to it? I remember the animated uh, uh, cartoon or, or movie of robots Or the main character would say, you see a need, feel a need. How do we respond? Do we respond like the Samaritan? See, he goes all out. He goes out of his way to help the injured man. The Bible is saying here that he poured olive oil and he poured wine on his wounds and bandaged them up. And they they use olive oil to to make the the, the wound soft, making sure it doesn't get hardened. And they used wine at, at times to cleanse it, as well as, of course, bandage it up. Who do you know that went out of his or her own way to help someone in need, even if that individual was you? Have you thanked the individual? Sometimes helping a person in need does not take a lot of effort but does require stepping out of our comfort zone. The Bible is saying when the the Samaritan went and took the, the man, the injured man, he put him on his own donkey. And so sometimes we feel comfortable in our own ways and what we have in our material possessions. And here the Samaritan gave what he had. It wasn't comfortable. Maybe he just walked along. With his donkey, making sure that he took the man to the inn. So sometimes we, when we're doing things and we're comfortable with what we're doing, are we that comfortable that we don't want to put, you know, we don't want to get out of that comfort zone. We don't want to get out of that quote unquote boat and allow other people to experience that grace? The Samaritan surely did. He got out of his comfort zone, he got out of his donkey. The Samaritan did not expect any reward or repayment for what he did for the beaten man. That's, uh, again, as we, we need to be like the Samaritan, there are, uh, uh, my challenge to all of you is that when you do something out of kindness, when you're responding with compassion for a need, is that you're not expecting a reward in return, that you're not expecting a repayment but prayerfully, that just by you responding to the need, the reward is right there. Because I don't know about you, but anytime I'm helping somebody out, I get a kick out of it. It's like a spiritual high, oh, I get to help somebody. And I know that I can't help everybody, but when I do and I see the response that, that just by my heart and giving on someone else, I want to do it again. You had this, uh, the church had an opportunity for the season of giving, in the whole month of December, giving to this, opportunity to giving to that. What a blessing it has been. And I pray that just the reward of feeling that way, getting that spiritual high, you don't need those kind of narcotics or other drugs to be able to be, be addicted to giving. Be addicted to the Spirit of God, knowing where there's a need, you're able to respond to it. Being like the Samaritan. Why do you, uh, I'm asking you and, and challenging you not to re- expect a reward? Because you may have done things already for people. And what happens when they don't even say a thank you to you? Some people actually then stop helping out because, oh, I didn't even get a thank you. Come on, I'm being real with you. And what happens is you stop the flow of giving just because your, your expectations were dashed by that one individual. So my, my challenge to you is that when you go and respond to a need, you're responding to the Almighty God and saying, God, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to see the need. Thank you for the opportunity of responding to the need. And the reward can only come from you, God. And then, so then, the reward and your quote unquote repayment is not based on how the individual responds to you, but just the blessing that you have another day of life, the blessing you're able to give your time, the, the blessing you're able to give finances and give a gift to someone else. And again, just that high of saying, You're able to do this. Thank you, God, for allowing me the opportunity to do so. And that's what the Samaritan did. He didn't ask for a, a reward, he didn't ask, the, Hey, everyone. I'm the one that, that uh, uh, went out and I saw the injured man. Hey, by the way, did you notice, a, people, there was a priest and a temple assistant that just walked by him. But I didn't. No, he didn't do all that, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't want recognition. He knew there was a need and God, in the same way today, God sees the, the, the what we're able and how we're able to respond to people. Why? Because mercy sees only need and responds with compassion, Again, mercy sees only the need and responds with compassion. As followers of Christ, we are to show mercy to those who are in need, regardless of the race, religion, or region, and with no thought of reward, just like the Samaritan. Verse 35. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his, will run, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Leads us into our final uh, point today is that there is always a cost for ministering to our neighbors. There's always a cost. Not always is it financially. But it, uh, at this very moment, the Bible is saying that the Jewish man was going, it mentioned here, it said that he was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. But the Bible does not say in what direction this Samaritan was going, whether it was east, northwest, however it was. It did, the Bible does not mention that because the point of the story is that he stopped what he was doing. He stopped in the direction that he was heading in order to respond to the injured man. You see, sometimes in our lives we're so busy we want to go from point A to point B to point C, whatever it may be, and hopefully there's no distractions. And maybe it's a possibility that the priest and the temple assistant needed to make sure that they got to church on time. And they couldn't stop because they needed to be there. But here's what happens the cost wasn't only financially, he stopped. To respond. There are times, the, the most recent uh, example that I could probably share with you is that I'm coming to church on 422. As you, as you know, anybody that has traveled on 422, you got vehicles that pull over here and there. And uh, and there was one time that uh, almost at the Royersford exit, uh, there was a vehicle stopped and, and the driver is like this. I've seen that look before. I've been there at times. Oh my goodness. So, uh, as I'm driving by, I see, of course, that the back rear tire is flat, and I'm thinking, you know what, there's nobody else around. It may have just happened. Let me just pull aside. And I'm not encouraging you to stop just for anyone on there. It just happened to be, and I don't stop for everybody. I'm a, and sometimes that's my mistake, but uh, again, this moment, at that day, I stopped. And finding out that the, um, the driver looking in, and I, I come over, I said, I see you have a flat tire, can I help you with anything? And uh, the driver says, Well, I don't, I don't even know how to change this tire. I says, Well, do you have a jack? So we start unloading the stuff in the trunk. Again, remind, reminder I'm on my way to church. Okay? I, 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 could, I could easily go across the other side, the other lane, and just put the hazards on as I'm driving by. Dook, 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 you know? And then keep on going. No. I, I pulled aside and I did that. And so there was no jack. I said, Okay, let me go get my jack. And I got my jack, you know, and in, in the way that the, the vehicle was, it, it just didn't click on correctly. So I did all my best, and then finding out that the, the crowbar in itself didn't fit the lug nuts. I'm thinking, oh. I'm sorry. She says, I'm so grateful that you even stopped by. I'm calling my mom. I'm calling my dad, and, and they know where. So that way they know where I'm at. And I waited there until help, the real help, you know. <laughs> <laughs> The real help, you know, arrived. There's a cost, and sometimes not financially, it's the time. Sometimes you're going again. Your mind is all set, what you're going to do, how you're going to get there, when you're going to leave your house, when you're going to leave your church, when you're going to leave your job to be able to be there. But what happens when there's a traffic jam? What happens when there's an accident? What happens and all of a sudden we get upset because our expectations are dashed? There's a cost to ministering. To our neighbors. Now, looking financially, this man was able to give the innkeeper money and says, look, you know, I, take care of him. And if you need anything else, I will pay you when I get back. So then now the cost of ministering to our neighbors, there is a cost also financially. But I'm so grateful that just recently we had six worship services for Christmas Eve on, Eve, Eve on Sunday night and then four worship services on Christmas Eve. Altogether, I heard that there was over 2,500 people that came to worship here at New Hanover UMC. Amen to that. Praise God. And so, in part of giving, we identified the the Operation Backpack locally as they go and try to branch out to the Norristown School District and as well as the Seeds of Promise. And the goal was $50,000 in order to uh, be there. And you may not know all these students that get the the, the meals and their backpacks on a weekend basis, but you're responding to the need. You see it there, and we all came together. No matter what amount you gave, whether it was a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred, a thousand, more than that. We all came together, and this was the result. It is so important in our lives, again, we all coming together, we see a need, and we want to be able to respond to the need. And we all came together. You gave more than what I was able to give. And of course, collaboratively, we reached that amount, and praise God, All honor and glory should go to God. As we look at globally in the seeds of promise, you may not see face-to-face the individuals that are going to be receiving the the, the harvest and the the fruits or, or, or the vegetables that are going to be planted on there. But because you gave, you should also celebrate, making a difference in people's lives, making a difference in the needs. And, of course, a cost of ministering to our neighbors, we have tried uh, for the last, you know, three months or so to, uh, for the due diligence process of the North Campus. The uh, currently vacant, you know, YMCA and our due diligence ran, you know, was uh, expired for December 28th, which was this past Friday. And we had asked for an extension, we were denied an extension, and out of the three options they gave us, the only one that made sense to us was to let the due diligence expire. And so what happens is, so we be like, oh, so we're done with it? No, I really believe that we're going to continue. We're going to continue to be able to figure out a way to see if this is still a viable option for us to do so. So in January, you're going to hear things about it, so that way we can have a little deadline and say, this is what we can offer. But just because the deadline for the due diligence has expired doesn't mean that we cannot continue trying to see if this is a viable option. And I know that it was difficult throughout the Christmas season, the season of giving, to have the stewardship program of operating 2019 budgets as well as asking for a pledge for the YMCA. In uh, North Campus, I know that it was difficult, but you know what? There's a cost to ministering to our neighbors, and we really believe that the North Campus will allow us to do even more greater things than what we currently are doing. This whole year, we've been intentional about reaching out to our community, but we also know that there could be, we can do so much more. But we can only do this together, and I'm so grateful that the Samaritan came and he took the time to take care of this injured man. Financially, he was able to provide. Time-wise, he was able. He utilized his gift to uh, heal the wounds, I mean, or, or bandage up the wounds. So in essence, he responded in need of a stranger. He responded to the need of a neighbor. And he was being for his neighbor. This whole year, we've been doing for our neighbor's. I mean, Pastor Gill and I, we, we, we have the, the same, you know, emblem. We have, yep, he got the four Our Neighbors uh, polo shirt. I got this one on, it, and he says, twinning is winning. All right? Is that what you said? <laughs> Amen. But we're coming together of knowing that it takes more than one person to make a difference. We can start with one. But how New Hanover United Methodist Church has been intentional of going out in our community, being for our neighbors. We've done so many things. There's a video that's going to be shown right now, and it's only a glimpse of all the ministries that have taken place here. It's not all an exhaustive list. But just to give you a glimpse of what we have done in being intentional, and the band is going to lead us in a song that's titled, The God of This City. Let's make a difference uh, together, and I'll come back right after they're done and uh, take a, a look at the video.
3: this city, greater things have yet to come, greater things are still to be done in this
2: city, you're the God of the city, you're the king of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the breathless,
1: things have yet to come in this city, in this town in our community, for our neighbors there are so many people in need how are we as a church to respond and I end this sermon with the verses 36 and 37 when Jesus asked, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits the man replied, the one who showed him mercy and Jesus said, yes Now go and do the same. What a great year we had in 2018 here at New Hanover and throughout our community, and we're looking forward to what God is going to be doing and allowing us to be part of in 2019. And I pray that you come along with what we're doing, the great staff, the great program leaders and volunteers. We cannot do this alone. Of course, uniting us by the precious Holy Spirit to be formed, that one body, having Christ as the head of that body to go and do likewise and show mercy. Let us pray. Gracious and Almighty God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this year, last year of uh, last Sunday of 2018. And we are so thankful for your mercy, for the compassion you have shown to people who are broken. That's right, Lord, here in our church, and how we have responded to needs in our community. We know that we have not responded to all, but we have been intentional. About doing our part, leaving what is comfortable, what we have come to know, to show in our community and our neighbors that we see the need and how we respond. That they may see you, Lord, and how we respond, and what we say and what we do. We, as a church, being the hands and feet of Jesus, let them see you in us for those in our congregation Lord in our church family who are in need who will continue to be broken Lord let their trust and hope be in you let them receive words of encouragement let them receive uh, words of healing let them receive your presence that only you can provide even at times that we feel lonely you can be there. Thank you for your word today. Thank you again for this year. Continue to bless us and having our eyes open to see those who are in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ricky, for your word. And thanks to all of you who made that video possible. It's pretty amazing. In just a moment, the ushers are going to be coming, and as they come, we want to uh, uh, go over our next steps. And our next steps are as follows, that this year would be intentional about reaching out to our neighbors this coming year. And then thank you for the great year that we've had, and Happy New Year's to everyone. If you'd like prayer, please come and do that. As the ushers come now, uh, we want to give you just a little bit of taste of what's going to be happening next year Amen. Amen. We are excited for 2019 and we won't waste any time. We start this uh, new theme or uh, come find out what more is all about next week, January 5th and 6th. We start on Saturday night. And as a reminder, for those of you who want to maybe take part in um, the gathering with the Tuma family of the Push to Rock Zambia, it'll be here at 630 uh, next Saturday. So come out for worship at five o'clock and lead right into the gathering uh, at 630. Uh, As you head out today, You've heard about what we've done and saw what we've done in 2018. And we should be excited and celebrate all together. But we are not done yet. I pray that God would be able to show us how we're coming together, how we'll be able to do more together, and to know that He receives all the honor and glory. Let us receive the reward from the Almighty God so that way when we respond to needs, we're not expecting, in a sense, a return for them to say thank you to others that we've already received the reward just by giving, just by taking the time and getting that spiritual high in our lives. As you head out these doors, be like the Samaritan. Keep our eyes open to those that are in need and see how we're able to respond. May God bless all of you. Have a happy new year, and we'll see you next year. And God bless, and God's people will all say, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Please stand for the closing song.